So if you've ever watched Shark Tank or pitched your own business, you're familiar with the concept of addressable market size. It's an ever important metric to determine whether the thing you're talking about has room for growth or to put it simply, a way to quantify how many people care or could care about the thing you're selling. I told you that to tell you this, pickleball is booming. A couple of facts point us in that direction, but most importantly, market size. According to MarketWatch, the global pickleball paddle market, that's just paddles, was valued at $126.5 million in 2019 and is expected to reach $218.2 million by the end of 2026. Again, that's just paddles. Uh, growing at a compound annual growth rate, or CAGR as it's known, of 8%. And globally, the pickleball equipment market size was closer to 65.64 billion with a B in 2022. That's pretty wild. And all of this combined tells us that people are making pickleball a business and business is booming. But outside of that, regular humans are loving the game. According to the Sport and Fitness Industry Association, it's the fastest growing sport in the U.S., 4.8 million people played it in 2021. There's even a major league of pickleball, which, get this, wants to bring the number of people playing pickleball in the U.S. up to 30 million by 2030. That's a big leap. Investors in major league pickleball include Naomi Osaka, Kevin Durant, Patrick Mahomes, LeBron James, Tom Brady, Heidi Klum, and Budweiser, just to name a few. By the way, pro pickleball is going to be very interesting. There's going to be relegation and promotion. If you watch Ted Lasso or European football in general, you're familiar with the drama of that. But joining me today to talk about all of this and so much more is Kelly Matkovich, who leads our community, and Chris Clark, the founder of Toss and Spin, the company created to bring racket sports to the masses and make it accessible. They've really doubled down on pickleball because the world is doubling down on pickleball. I interviewed Chris for a piece about the trend of pickleball, and I'm excited to have him here. Usually we have the writer of a, a trend piece or a topic, come on, but I'm the writer today, so we get Chris. So Chris, Kelly, what's good? Chris, we'll have you go first. What is one good thing? Yeah, no. The first, thanks for having me. And I think just one in today's world, waking up and, and celebrating another day is always a good thing. And then the second piece of that is waking up and you know, working for yourself, working for your own business and really being passionate about what you do always puts a smile on my face. So that is what's good each and every day. Oh, I love that. All right, Kelly, what's good? I love that too. It's like what's to be grateful for every single morning. That's great. Uh, I want to talk about an activity I'm doing this weekend that I'm excited about. I am going to eat at a restaurant that you have to cross-country trek to in order to eat there. So we're going to do a one-mile cross-country trek to this restaurant and stay the night in a yurt and then and then trek out. So, um, yeah, that's happening this weekend. I've been so excited to do it, and uh, it'll be fun. Oh, my God, Kelly, when you say cross-country trek, are we talking about on snowshoes, on cross-country skis? Like, what – Talk us through it. <laughs> yeah, cross-country skis. So you do a mile in, so big cardio push, um, get to eat some dinner, and then you do a mile out on cross-country skis. It's called Tennessee Pass Cookhouse, and it's in Leadville, Colorado. Oh, my God. That's the most Colorado thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I would love to go. I love cross-country skiing. I grew up cross-country skiing because in Minnesota, it's like, 
very easy and accessible to do. Anyway, all right, my good thing uh, is Birdie the dog, my puppy. She's been a good thing a lot on these past episodes. She is a, a new puppy in our lives as of these past two weeks. But she is getting very comfy in a crate. We have not closed the door yet to the crate, but we're, we're figuring it out. She's going in. She's hanging out. I say that because we'd like to sleep again. <laughs> we're potty mm-hmm. training a puppy. So once she gets comfy in there and we can close the door, um, and it doesn't freak her out. It'll make it super easy for us to sleep and also have her go to other people's houses. Puppies, puppies, puppies. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, let's talk about a very important question and really a foundational question for us in the sport of pickleball. Does a pickleball make the sound dink, dink or plink, plink? You know, because when we teach pickleball, we talk a lot about dinking. We say it definitely uh, dink, dink. But I will say, you know, the sound of pickleball um, and the noise it makes definitely irritates some, but others love it. So, I mean, I think there's a business model just in creating a pickleball that doesn't have a sound that will make all the pickleball, you know, a silent pickleball. And I guarantee you they are working on it for sure. (laughs) Whoa. Oh, my gosh. I love the sound of it, but I can I can. I can totally understand. All right. What's your history with pickleball, Chris? How'd you find it? So this is it's funny. Um, back in 2017, we I worked for the global I worked on the global team at Wilson Sporting Goods. So I was in Racket Sports and we did a pickleball photo shoot because we were launching like a, a lot of new paddles. And I covered more so on the tennis side, so I didn't really know what pickleball was. So we did this photo shoot took all these pictures, we played, and I was like, wow, this game's really fun. And then virtually didn't do anything, touch it personally until 2020. So um, at that time, I had started Toss and Spin. I had been far low during the pandemic. Um, So we were just getting up and running. And I went home to Michigan, and my mom said, hey, you want to go play pickleball? And again, at this time, we're only offering tennis through the business. And when I tell you, when my mom and I went and played, we had so much fun. It was kind of like I saw the future without seeing the future, but knew that there is an entire business model here, not only for like lessons and classes, but how do we get brands to buy into pickleball and more importantly, use it for experiential marketing, um, consumer engagement, grassroots marketing. So it was just like... It hit me all at once, and then I couldn't stop working on it. I just couldn't <laughs> because I knew where it was going, and I still believe I know where it's going. So I always tell people, like, we don't need to be the biggest and best. We just want a piece of the pie, and we definitely believe <laughs> we will have it and deserve it. I love that. Kelly, are you you familiar with the, the dink dink? <laughs> I am. I I, I want to dabble more in in with the dink dink, but I I've I've always enjoyed. I know these are real hard hitting questions. Uh, <laughs> <thinking. laughs> I I've always enjoyed racket sports, so I've always liked tennis, badminton, ping pong. Um, I remember playing playing pickleball probably in middle school, and then didn't touch it again till the recently. Uh, and I, uh, maybe last year went to a clinic that I want to say was free or donation based just to learn. So I went into a gym, um, 
all different age and demographic. It was really great and uh, did learn how to play pickleball. I think the hardest thing for me is just finding people to play with. Uh, but I love it and want to play more. Mm, uh, I, I think that's really interesting. And Kelly, you were saying in, in your town in Colorado, there are like public pickleball courts, right? Yes, there there seems to be a little bit. Um, I, w- I don't want to say tension, but there's there's tennis courts, and then they have started building specific pickleball courts because I think I think that's always um, an issue with courts is just getting getting time and finding a court that's open. Uh, but yes, there are designated pickleball courts now and uh, a thriving community, and I I want to get more involved. A lot of times they play. I'd say they're still at uh, a community of retirees. So they play at like 10 a.m. on a weekday, which makes it a little bit harder to join, but um, looking to join more this summer. Love it. And Chris, I, I, oh, go ahead, Chris. No, I was just going to say that that tension is real. It's real. (laughs) The reality is um, for one tennis court, let's say you and I go out and play. So we're taking up one tennis court. In that same space on one tennis court, you could create four pickleball courts. And at a minimum, you can have 16 people on it. So if you think of the noise that two people make versus 16 in a smaller space, you're fitting more people, which is great. There's more people to meet. But on the flip side, I guess if you live right there, you know, you went from maybe hearing a tennis ball every now and then to hearing pink, pink, or dink, dink, however you, however you call it, um, much more often. And there's a lot more activity than there was in neighborhoods in the past. I think that's an excellent point. And it brings us right into our next question because there is tension. It's been written about all across the internet, including a piece in the New York Times. Uh, they covered a manifesto <laughs> against pickleball that uh, was created by this group in Brook. I think it was Brooklyn, but I don't want to misquote it. Um, the leftist tennis group. And they called the sport and it spread and it spread gangrenous. <laughs> it's just like so uh-huh. harsh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Chris, like you're, you played tennis at a D one school. So you have both sides of the coin here. Can tennis and pickleball coexist? Like, where where is the peaceful end to this disagreement? Absolutely, they can coexist. And to be honest, I think it's really silly that um, tennis players are up in arms about pickleball and pickleball is up in arms about tennis. No one's playing tennis. No one's playing pickleball. They argue all the time, and even in Chicago, no matter what city you go to, they are arguing right now. Here's the facts, though. And I like to say that I like to live by facts. The facts are... Pickleball is a great way not only to do something active, but to meet new new people. And I think I said this to you before, but as you get older, it's harder to connect and meet new people. And pickleball is doing that. Pickleball is creating friendships, relationships, people who probably would have never come in contact. And it is creating that. On the flip side, tennis doesn't do that because, you know, if I'm an elite tennis player, it's very few people who I can play with. So the connectivity aspect isn't necessarily there, but there still is some of it there. So yes, I think they should coexist. I think what is really happening right now is you're witnessing something growing so fast and courts going in and people aren't really thinking strategically about what this means. So 
in my mind, if you move too quickly, it could also lead to a slowdown or a downfall of a sport because now you've built 10,000 courts and not everybody's playing anymore or something like that. So um, that's my long-winded way of saying they can totally coexist. I think they are both good, um, not only the health benefits, but meeting new people, having fun. I think pickleball is the perfect thing for that. And like I said, my mom and I haven't played tennis together in 20 years, but we can play pickleball just about any time we see each other. So now we're connecting athletically in a way we haven't been able to connect in in years. And so even as a, I love tennis, but even as a fan and the love I have for tennis, I value that time I get to spend with my mom or, you know, my nephews in a way that I wouldn't be able to do so in tennis. Yeah. And Chris, you and I chatted about this the first time we met, but a Sweat Life's ambassadors came together for a pickleball event um, at a venue. Um, now you're using two um, architectural artifacts or a schoolhouse, um, sort of the venue within architectural artifacts. And I realized on the way to the event that we didn't have anyone in charge who knew how to play pickleball. <laughs> so I quickly Googled. Uh, how to play pickleball, watched a video on the rules, emailed it to everyone who was coming. And then like via telephone, essentially, we learned and taught each other the rules. But what was so fun about it, it was just exactly what you're describing, Chris. Like, everybody was so connected. They were having so much fun. There were some courts that were playing with their non-dominant hand just for fun. Some courts that were making like their own court rules. We were popping people in and out of games and everyone was introducing each other to each other. And it, it was just lovely. So that connectivity is is there. There were people there who had played dozens of times before who came later. <laughs> I could have used their help at the beginning. Uh, and there were yeah. others that were brand new to the game, but they all could coexist, uh, which was lovely. And I like to call it like self-discovery because that's what pickleball in my mind, we preach a lot of like we have certified pros who can teach you and lead programming and do that. But there's an element of like you picking it up and feeling what the paddle feels like in your hand. And if that's the way it feels right, let's let's try it. Right. Like discover a new sport without having someone tell you, you know, exactly what to do. And to me, that's something special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think to, to go back to the sort of pickleball versus tennis war <laughs> and manifestos. Uh, we see a, a similar parallel in the runner and biker existence uh, in big cities too. Like in Chicago, for example, for a long time on the Lakeshore path, if you went running or biking, you can or, or would get yelled at by someone who was doing the opposite sport, a runner, a biker who felt like you were in their way, uh, and I think that's just a fact of life. When people feel like a public good is theirs, they don't like to share and they don't like to give up their piece of it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I'm, I live in a, a world where I'm like, can't we all just get along? Yes, like, exactly. You know, it's, it's pickleball. Like first, that you should laugh at the name, right? Um, and it's tennis. Like these, to me, this is an exciting time for racket sports because you know, in the past, I always thought of racket sports, even though I played at a high level, I thought of them as like super stuffy or country clubbish. And now they're really starting to embody this notion of being for everyone. Like no matter what your background is, you now have the ability to play a racket sport. And I think we need to 
embrace what is happening and and not really, you know, try to argue with one another. I mean, yesterday I saw a post online like, oh, they're putting up, you know, effing pickleball lines. I'm like, <laughs> really? You, you, but you can still play tennis, right? On the same yeah. court. You know what I mean? They just made it so that others would have the opportunity and accessibility. And that's what I built Toss and Spin off of is accessibility and enjoyment for racket sports. Like, you come to what we do and you will leave with a smile on your face 99% of the time. You can't make everybody happy, that's for sure. So that 1% will still be mad and give us one-star reviews, but the other 99 will give us five-star reviews. That is a fact. Yeah. And it's not hurting Why you. so bad? Yeah, don't be mad, guys. It's not hurting you. This podcast was brought to you by Puma Running. I'm running in the Puma DV8 Nitro 2 these days, and they are so comfortable. You know that new running shoe thing where you wonder if you'll end up with a bloody ankle or not? The breathable mesh upper offers extra padding and grip around the ankle to prevent heel slip. And this is an ultra supportive cushion shoe in an extremely lightweight package. So I'm not dragging my feet around and I've been comfy since day one. Learn more about this must have for running season at asweatlife.com backslash Puma. That's A-S-W-E-A-T-L-I-F-E dot com backslash P-U-M-A. All right, war aside, uh, Chris, you work with companies to make pickleball a team building activity, which I think is so fun. Uh, What makes the sport, the game of pickleball, such a great way to bond with your friends or your coworkers. Yeah. And this is where I think like my corporate experience meshes well with my racket sports experience, because, you know, when I, the nine years I spent in corporate every year, we were trying to figure out what do we do as a team, right? What should we do for fun? And, you know, obviously, especially in Chicago, you're doing a Cubs game outing and, Um, you're doing a basketball game and maybe something uh, athletically, but, you know, not everybody, you know, wants to have a high intensity workout or, you know, go to soul cycle as a group. So to me, pickleball is the perfect balance for team, a team outing, because it's slow enough to where, you know, the majority of people who are trying it for the first time won't get out of breath um, and they can learn, but it's also fast enough so that your your competitive players, you know, can still have a good time as well. And I sell it to companies as it's the only sport where your CEO, marketing director, and the summer intern can all be on the same court, and no one's gonna feel like they're you know playing against the CEO too hard or vice versa. <laughs> you know, if we go out and we play basketball or if we play tennis or football, you know, any of those other sports, they're not as inclusive for everyone. So to me, that is what I am really pushing to companies. The good and the bad is that, you know, companies don't even know this is an option for team building. So you think about the selling process of that. They're like, I never heard of this. Okay, great. This sounds like a great idea. So there's an extra step we always have to go through. And it isn't easy. And I never want people to think like it's easy to be an entrepreneur because it's not. But Um, I do think there isn't a better thing right now and at least for the next couple of years to do athletically that promotes health and wellness, that promotes convenience, connection, and as well as a club experience than pickleball. Yeah. Kelly, should we do a pickleball thing next time you're in Chicago? 100%. (laughs) Chris, we'll we'll come find you. Um, All right. Be at the schoolhouse. (laughs) Okay, perfect. We'll be at the schoolhouse. We love it. You love it. Not every time going there has to be cannabis yoga. Last time we were there, Chris, we hosted a cannabis yoga 
experience. It was a little under the radar and it was so much fun. Um, but pickleball is a different vibe. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if we could do cannabis and pickleball. Can I ask? Oh, Kelly, what's your Ooh, question? That, that might be difficult. <laughs> that would not be yeah. easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like for newbies getting into pickleball, Chris, uh, there's some interesting terms in the pickleball world, like the kitchen. And I just thought of this, like, I, I remember being like, oh, don't go in the kitchen. Don't go in the kitchen. What I could probably Google this, but where, what is the origin of that? Like, why is it called the kitchen? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So because I'm a jokester, I always, when I teach people, I always tell them that, you know, when my mom was c- cooking, she told me to stay out the kitchen unless something hit the floor. So you can only step into the kitchen if the ball bounces, but you cannot hit anything out of the air. Um, it's also referred to as the no volley zone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a more progressive way because like when we teach the kitchen, people are like, well, what's the deal with the kitchen? But the no volley zone is just like saying, hey, you can't hit this ball out of the air inside of the no volley zone. Um, I also think one of our pros, his name is Noel. He's actually a competing PPA pro. Um, I always laugh when he's teaching because he says, you know, people always ask me why it is this way. And I always tell them, don't ask me because I don't really know. (laughs) And I always laugh at that because in pickleball, there's like so many goofy kind of terms that I feel like people in a room just sat and they're like, we're going to make this as different from tennis as possible. Let's just call this the no volley zone or the kitchen. Um, So, you know, I don't have sometimes some of the terminology, I don't know why it's that way, but I just know what it is and how to teach it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Also, you mentioned uh, pro pickleball players. I'd be curious, are there any we should be following? I just like, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I feel like it's becoming so popular. There's celebrities investing. Um, Let us know if there's any like pro athletes that we should be following. So I think that's a really interesting uh, point there, Kelly, because in pickleball right now, it's more highlighted the pro athletes who own the teams and not the players, right? So in essence, what it does is it makes you care about, well, Naomi Osaka owns a team, not, you know, uh, Andrea Coop, who is one of the best players in the world competing on that team, right? So I think there has to, we have to figure out a balance to really elevate pro pickleball players to the forefront because right now they're not really that recognizable, but they could Mm be. Um, One player who I I really like and I I pay attention to, his name is Tyson McGuffin. He has a shoe deal. He has a shoe deal with Skechers, but he's like this kind of like, like trendy guy, got some swag and he's not like, in my mind, your traditional pickleball player. And I think that makes him super relatable to people. Um, But yeah, no, I think it's something we definitely have to continue uh, to elevate pro players. But at the same time, I think that's why we can do what we can do, um, especially with companies, because they're not requesting, you know, we want the best pro in the world to run this clinic more so because they don't know who that is. Right. Mm -hmm. And they don't know where to look for that player. And they're not trying to make their jobs harder by, you know, trying to figure all that out, they come to us and they let us put it together for them. So we execute whatever their vision is and 
you know, utilizing my corporate experience, I can make recommendations on what will be successful for their brands as well. Got it. I hear your description of Tyson McGuffin, and I think of that um, Breakpoint show on Netflix, like the bad boy of tennis from Australia. Can you draw a comparison there? Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know. I think their their mannerisms actually are pretty similar, really? actually. Nick Kyrgios, yeah. Same I don't think their personalities are the same because I think, I think Tyson McGuffin. He's a, he's a head case. Nick Curios, yeah, he is. I don't want to actually calling someone a head case is like a bit. I shouldn't say that. No, I mean I think he's he's emotional. Yeah, he said it himself. (laughs) You know, he's very he's very fiery, and I think that's the way to describe him. And sometimes his emotions get the best of him. Um, But I think when you care at the level he cares at, you know, that's something all players have to work through. You know, I don't know any high level athlete who. Uh, hasn't competed and, and been frustrated and let it get the best of them. I definitely haven't competed at that level, but I know competing in college, I definitely, you know, broke rackets and lost my cool. But I think looking back mm-hmm. on that, you know, you learn from it and you, you know, you move forward for sure. Highly recommend, <laughs> highly recommend that series. And I think uh, Curious is, is just like an interesting dude too, because even the way he talks about his own emotions in interviews, like he gets it after the fact, like he knows he lost his cool. He knows he maybe shouldn't break a racket or yell at the ref, <laughs> but, but he does it anyway because um, he's not like tra- training with the coach. He's just so good naturally. And to, my, and to that point, I think, Kyrgios is a super followed uh, athlete, not only in tennis, but around the world. And I think he he is because while he is a tennis player, he has what I like to call a little swag. He's different. Right. And I think a lot of people can relate to some of, you know, the things he says and how honest he is. And he isn't as like, you know, call it. Yeah, polished, white collar, as maybe some of the other players, right? So I think he's relatable, and I think that's what pickleball needs from a pro perspective. They need someone who's a little a little more like Karyos because, honestly, that would make a lot of people pay attention. Yeah, a little more, a little more happy Gilmore. <laughs> I like that, a little more happy Gilmore, absolutely. <laughs> um, I love that. Okay, so um, one more term we could define. I know we've referenced that the name pickleball is – silly um you want to give us the the genesis of the name chris it's it's funny you mentioned that um this was asked to me (laughs) when we were doing like another activation and i I gave an interesting answer so i'll I'll give a similar one but uh back when it was started it was my understanding that you know two guys were in seattle trying to come up with a new ball sport name and (laughs) <laughs> one was eating a pickle, one had a ball, and they said, hey, let's have pickleball. Um, that, that's my understanding of how it, how it was created, but is it wrong or right? You know, don't quote me on that, but I mean. <laughs> this either, is a recording. Either, either well, it's fine. Everybody's going to hear it, so they'll just say, well, that's how it started. Either way, it's a pretty funny funny story that, I, that yeah, I've heard and I stand by. There's another legend told about it that um, – the lieutenant governor of of Seattle of Washington State um, had a dog named Pickle, and that's where the name came from too. So there's there's a couple of stories floating around. Honestly, I feel like you can just pick the one you like. <laughs> I like it's a mystery. Yeah, I like the eating pickle, um, holding a ball thing. All right, yeah. 
important questions aside, uh, Chris, pickleball is getting younger and younger. Um, I, I love this trend. We've talked about it before. I think it's super interesting. But in 2020, the average pickleballer was 55 years old, according to Sports and Fitness Industry Association in 2019. Or that's that was their 2019 report. Whatever, that's a fact. Um, but in 2020, that number dropped to 41, and in 2021, that number dropped to 38 years old. What is the deal? What's happening? Yeah, I, and I think you're going to continue to see it get younger. And not to give away all the secret sauce, but I think once brands realize that it is a very unique way to get to, you know, Gen Z. You know your 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 college kids. You know your mid twenties kids, and they're not kids; they're adults. I shouldn't do that, but um, get to those adults. I think it's going to continue to get younger because one, it's so fun. I haven't met a person who's been like, yeah, I don't really like. Like I played it and I don't like it. They're out there. I just haven't come in contact. <laughs> but two. It's super easy to pick up. I mean, when we're teaching companies within 30 minutes, everybody knows how to play. Maybe they're not technically sound because that's how we like to run it. Um, So they can have the most fun and get the most bang for their buck. But um, I think it's just a super easy sport to play. And because of that, it makes it fun. Like, even as an adult, we're not trying to overcomplicate our lives. And, you know, I'm not trying to learn Spanish or something like that at 36 years old. That's me personally. But I totally could. But um, I would rather, you know, show people how in a short period of time they can learn pickleball and the impact it can not only have on them, but on their health and wellness, on their life, on their friendships, that type of thing. So I think you're going to continue to see it get younger. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's that's especially like people like Kelly, for example, like Kelly is active at. Kelly, stop me if I'm getting this wrong about you, but I think I can make a couple of accurate statements about your life. Kelly's active and she's active in a lot of like recreational things like hiking, trail running, um, just like being outside. And I think there's just a general craving to live a life more like Kelly's, like be outside or be with your friends and just recreate. Kelly, did I get your life right? People want to be like me. I think people, yeah, just want to do activities that they enjoy. Like you're, you're getting out there, you're moving your body. I think that's why we've found like walking has become so popular or just like do things for fun. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's super important. Love it. All right. <laughs> now it's time for show and tell. Let's share a tip, a resource, or an article to help with the game of pickleball. It can be anything, food, friendship, fitness, or fun. Chris, what's your tip? Yes, my, I would say one, I get a lot of tips from PPR in terms of uh, new games to play on the court, what to make it fun. That's also a certification for um, pickleball, but my biggest like tip, and I think I said this a little earlier, is just we're built on fun. We want to make sure that everybody who comes in contact with us has fun. So, And the funny thing is, let me just give you the quick story about why that is the way we are. You know, when I played college tennis, it, it was stressful like any college sport. But when we did our pre-match, you know, items and everybody was like, yeah, I'm going to try to work his backhand. I'm going to try to work his forehand. The coach would come to me and he would say, Chris, what are you trying to do? And this is Coach Al Warmer, great guy. Chris, what's your plan for your match? 
And I would say, coach, I just want to have fun. And he would just <laughs> look at me and he would just go to the next person. But then like, it was how I, it was how I won. It was how I just kept the pressure off me because I know in my life, if I'm having fun and enjoying what I'm doing, everything else is going to fall into place. So fun. Everything we do is fun every day. Even the setbacks, it's just fun. That's kind of our ethos uh, at as well. If Kelly and I, every once in a while, we'll, we'll just remind ourselves that this should be fun, <laughs> especially when <laughs> things get, get really stressful. I really love that. Um, Man, I, it comes through in everything you do, Chris. We've talked a couple of times, and I, I definitely hear the, the fun, the joy in all that you do. Okay, Kelly, show and tell. What's your tip? Yeah, I, I mean, I would add on to what Chris is saying. So not only, Chris, are you providing fun, but you are also providing community and at Toshinson. And so I think that's so important. And that's how I kind of have dabbled into pickleball. So I, I would say Google your like pickleball in your town. And I'm sure there's a community out there that are, that is trying to bring in new pickleball, pickleballers. Um, and I, I feel like every time I've gone, I feel like they're just trying so hard to recruit. Like they just want more people involved because they think it's really cool and fun and they want more people to play. So um, Google research uh, pickleball communities in your town and get involved. And I'll say on that note, too, and I think you're spot on. The one thing I have constantly found is that a lot of people who dislike pickleball, who play tennis, uh, once they play one time, they're like, "Okay, this is pretty fun. Oh, man. So I really laugh at that because, you know, people, you know, they don't want to embrace it. But then they're like, well, I'll try it. And then they're out there every night playing because they're like, well. This is this has to stay in the neighborhood. This is super fun. So, yeah, I think the community aspect and I always say we were built on three things, uh, club experience, convenience and and connection. So um, definitely agree with you there. I like that you went with C's. Um, we do everything in, in F's, <laughs> food, friendship, <laughs> fitness. It's and our fun. three C's. It's kind of like yeah. our vision. Yeah. yeah. You got, you know, if you work in corporate for even a little bit, it never leaves you. <laughs> okay. You My tip. What, what oh, tell God. us, Chris? No. no I, I get go. excited. I, I get I like excited. It. But I think that is like the biggest asset because I'm basically running my own company. I'm applying all of my corporate knowledge to one side of the business, all of the racket sports knowledge and on court to the other side of the business. Those two worlds are meshing together and it's creating something that I, I do think is is um, going to be unstoppable. Um, yeah, you're the perfect person to run your business. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, I love it. Uh, okay, my tip. <laughs> my tip is the YouTube video. I'm going to share in the show notes the YouTube video I watched to learn the rules. It's I'm a visual learner. Um, it's very visual, but there's also like written descriptions of the rules, Russian subtitles. I don't know why, but there are <laughs> Russian subtitles. So if you speak Russian and English as a second language, that's helpful. Um, and then, um, I will also link to some of the, uh, I heard about this from Chris the first time we chatted, but some of the Facebook groups that are doing like pickleball pickup where you can just essentially ask like who's playing, um, how can I find someone to play with? So that's a great way to find people to play with too. All right. I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. 
And maybe Chris has some to share too. So Chris, after this, if you want to send me some groups that you check in on, we can add those in the show notes too. Just Google pickle or just go on Facebook and put in pickleball and whatever town you're in, there is a pickleball group that you can say, Hey, I want to play. And they'll tell you where to play and when it's like a, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's what Facebook is good for. (laughs) Pickleball. Uh, Okay. Something we're loving this week. As we wrap up this conversation, let's just share something we're loving, anything at all. Um, It adds to our listeners' lives. Chris, do you want to go first or last? I'll go first. Okay. What are you Um, loving? I'm loving, this is going to sound really weird, but you know, I've learned to love some setbacks from a business perspective because I believe a setback is a setup for a comeback. And I also believe it's an amazing, some of the learnings we have from some of the setbacks that we've experienced, whether with companies or experiential marketing events, whatever it may be, we put that in our database to ensure we can do something better next time. So I'm always grateful for, you know, Monday morning setback, because I honestly believe, and I won't share our biggest business setback, but our biggest business setback is going to lead to our greatest win. And I'll share that with you shortly. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Share the win. You don't have to share the setbacks publicly if you don't want to. I I love that. We, we typically love, love a losing situation or love a failure. (laughs) Same thing. Like you learn something or you discover a hole in the business that you maybe wouldn't have seen before. Kelly, what are you loving this week? Um, I am loving the brand Flora Hemp Spirits. So Gina actually brought this up. We did an event with them, cannabis and yoga, but they create mocktails um, that include CBD, but they also make um, cocktails that have a little something extra in it, a um, little THC, a little bit. And I, they're based in Chicago. I actually get their margarita mix, like cans shipped to my uh, address in Colorado. And it's just, it just makes me feel real good. <laughs> I love it. Their, their whole mission, I love Flora Hemp Spirits too, Kelly. Their whole mission is to sort of make like drinkable cannabis accessible to the masses. They have the THC cocktails that you're referencing, the THC spirits, CBD spirits and cocktails too. I actually have a bottle of the THC spirits that I make a THC highball with and enjoy a couple of times a week because we're adults and we can. (laughs) And what I'm loving this week. Okay. So at the time of recording this, it is January and we are about to wrap up our state of fitness survey. And I have been loving seeing the findings of what our readers are doing and loving and considering exercise and spending all of the above. Um, A couple of previews, we saw that just over 20% of our readers had done a paid or timed race or endurance event last year. Um, And about a little over 60% of our readers had gone back to an indoor gym since the pandemic. So just really interesting findings out there. Um, I think the spending habits are going to be an interesting one to see as well. Just a preview. We're going to have to add pickleball. I know. I know. I think just rec sports in general, the survey just gets longer and longer. Well, (laughs) this has been another episode of we got goals, which is in a sweatlife.com production. And another thing that's better with friends Thanks to Chris Clark for joining us, to Kelly Makovich for being my partner in crime, always and forever. Thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing and Ryan Barayuga for video recording and editing. Thanks to all of you, our listeners, for scrub, scrub, scrubbing. 
for subscribing, um, for getting this podcast wherever you get your podcast, rating and reviewing it, and, you know, for following us wherever. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. And that goes the subscribing word, how you said it goes well with how pickleball was created with the pickle and the ball. (laughs) 